Welcome to Conversations on Coast Access Radio. In this program we have conversations with people about their interests, their lives, the things that motivate and excite them. So relax and enjoy this conversation. I'm Todd Zayner, and this program is also heard in the Hawke's Bay on Radio Kidnappers. Recently, Ben Playford turned seven. Well, he personally didn't, but his business did. In fact, on Thursday, Ben's Buns, which is in McLean Street in Poroporamu Beach, had their seventh birthday, seven years of serving the community with delicious bakery goods and pies, all sorts of things. Now, in the last year and a bit, I interviewed Ben Playford and found out what made him tick. I thought it would be appropriate to replay this broadcast again in light of his seventh birthday, the seventh anniversary of Ben's Buns at Poroporamu Beach. So I hope you enjoy this. You can find out what makes Ben tick and what he said a year and a bit ago, whether that's still relevant. Here's a man I want to talk to because he makes food and delicious, delectable food that I've been eating for years. Poroporamu Beach, Ben's Buns is a wonderful, wonderful shop that just has, you can tell the aroma already on the radio, it's there. And the man himself is here, Benjamin Harry Playford, because that's what you call yourself on Facebook, you use your whole name, yes, Ben. Yes, yes, I've done the whole name. <laughs> yeah. Ben Playford is here, welcome. Good to finally catch up with you. You do have some delicious food. Oh, thank you, thank you. Where is it? Oh, you didn't bring it. That's the <laughs> no, I was trying to get here on time and I remembered halfway through. Good stuff. I apologise. No, good stuff. You've been there for nearly six years. That's yep. amazing. I six can't... years in February. It's gone a blink of an eye. That's pretty good for a young guy because you're still in your 20s. Yeah, yeah, I'm holding on to that one. 28, so I've got another two years of being able to claim I'm in my 20s still. Gee whiz. What made you decide that you wanted to run a bakery uh it was a bit of ego you know you work for someone else and you think you can do a better job and thought it's put my money where my mouth is had you done anything like that before because you would have only been early 20s 22 i suppose when you started yes i was i think i was 20 just turned 23 um and i was only a year qualified by then and i was looking at going overseas on an oe or trying to buy a bakery and everything I found was far too expensive for mm. a 23-year-old. Um, and then my friend rang me and said she found a bakery up here for me to buy, and, well, six years have gone past like that. <laughs> when you say qualified, what did you qualify in? Uh, so uh, when you become a baker or start baking, you can do a baking qualification, uh, which goes up to, I think it's level seven qualification. Um, but I... Level four is the actual qualified side of it. Anything above that is just being a bit greedy. Um, <laughs> you have to be a lot smarter than I am to do that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what smart means these days. Um, so where did you do that? Was it Fitirea or somewhere else? Uh, no, so I started at Brumbies in Porirua, um and then the apprenticeship was through a separate company called Competence. Oh, okay. Um, so it was correspondence, paperwork, lots of paperwork, um, and then a two-week block course once a year up in Hawke's Bay. So that was my one little holiday each year. <laughs> I 
They used to have a Brumbies near um, Pack and Save at Coastlands, didn't they? Yep, that so that was actually my first baking job. Um, oh, in there? First proper baking job, yeah. yeah. I was there for three months before it closed down. <laughs> <laughs> so it was almost a very short-lived career. Was Kay still there? Kay Rowell had been there for a few years. Um, Maybe not. The name sounds familiar. Okay. Obviously, I was only there for three months, so yeah. learning people's names and trying to learn the job all in one go was a bit hard. What was the passion with food? Why did you want to do that? Um, well, my mother will tell you, I've always loved eating. Uh. <laughs> I met your mum. <laughs> I guess you guys have the same laugh, which is really quite interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've never noticed, but... If people know your mum, no, your mum, dad, uh, Waikano Beach? Uh, no? Waikano up on the hills. Oh, okay, yeah. the, other, the other way. Yeah, right. no, my uncle's down Waikano Beach. Okay. And then my nana, when she was still alive, was uh, in the heart of Waikano. So ah. it's always been a part of my life up up Kapiti Coast. Okay. So you've liked eating. <laughs> always yeah. loved eating. Yeah. For those that don't know, Ben, what are you, 6'6"? Six, 6'5". Six? Six, uh, yeah. 6'5 and 130 kgs, so I'm not a... Uh. You don't look 130 kgs, to be fair. It's the perks of being 6'5". So. <laughs> the, the extra weight carries quite well. So food was always a passion. I mean, even at school, it wasn't necessarily a traditional career that someone from school would go straight into, like like home economics type. Well, I didn't do home economics at school. Uh, it's one of the things I wish I did do while I was there, but mm. it might have changed my career path, so... Who knows about that? Um, but funnily enough, the first way, first unofficial job I ever had was making sandwiches at home to take to school and then selling them to people at school because they were better than the tuck shops oh, uh, sandwiches. <laughs> what an entrepreneur! What did you put in them? Why, why, why were they better? Oh, they were. It would be two, two or three different sorts of meat, uh, at least one or two different sorts of cheeses, sauces. <laughs> so it's in your blood. That's that's good, that's good. So where were you? Let's turn the clock back, age zero. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in Kinapuru Hospital. Okay, and brought up in this area. And brought up in Porirua. Okay. Um, well, Papakofi, which people tend to say that's not the true Porirua, but yeah, understand. Yes. <laughs> okay. So in the Papakofi area, because you were neighbours with a good friend of mine, the, the Wills and Russell. And Stella Will. Yes. So, yeah, that's where the connection, why I've met your mum, so-and-so, that area. Yeah, it's not a bad area. I'll give you that. Near the police college. Yeah, no, so you always felt nice and safe because there was always <laughs> at least two or three police cars travelling up or down the road. Yeah. Um, and there was local parks and lots of things to do as a young child, lots of ways to yes. get in a bit of trouble. Uh-huh. But, you know, as I said, with the police cars going up and down the road, you never wanted to get into too much trouble, which was good. So school? Where did you go to school? Uh, Papakofi Primary School. So it was a minute walk from home to school. Oh, dear. And then when it came to picking a college, uh, a lot of my friends were going to Altair College. And funnily enough, I used to be lazy, used to love a sleep in. Um, <laughs> so Altair College made sense because it was the closest college. Yep. So it was waking up at 8 a.m. instead of 6 a.m. like if I went to one of the Wellington colleges. Oh, yeah, fair enough. So what did you like doing at college? What did you excel in? Don't, um, don't say lunch. <laughs> well, I always say my favourite subjects at college, especially in the first few years, was PE and <laughs> lunchtime. 
Yeah, fair enough. You like a bit of exercise. You're a bit of a sports person, tramper. Um, I I like it. The, I like the thought of it more than I like doing it a lot of the times. Um, especially now, I just don't find the time to get out as much as I'd like. Um, mm. If I do get time, it's more golf. Um, and then if it's with one of my mates, then it's usually a golf cart and a box of beers. Oh. Uh, so it sort of defeats the purpose of any exercise. But I don't think it does. <laughs> get out there and get the vitamin D. Um, but no, I, I like going for a few tramps and uh, just day tramps. And mm. um, Rugby was always my passion growing up and basketball and cricket. And yeah, basketball seems sort of obvious. Yeah. <laughs> you play to any level? Yeah. Uh, I was all through primary school. I was in the top team uh, for that. And then in college, in the junior years, I was in the uh, uh, top team for the junior years. Mm. Um, but it just got a bit too competitive. I'm not a hugely competitive person <laughs> at high levels. Um, so I gave that up. Uh, and focused more on rugby and then got injured playing rugby. Oh, right. And then decided that cricket would be the go. Oh. Um, you were lock or number eight for rugby? Yeah, lock. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have a choice. It was oh. all growing up, it was always a lock. <laughs> here's, a, here's a guy who's six foot two and age 12, probably. Yeah, well, when I entered college in third form, I was the tallest, second tallest in the whole of the college. Um, <laughs> and then the, by fourth form, I was the tallest. And all through primary school, as long as I can remember being there, I was the tallest. Mm. Cricket as well, batsman, bowler, all rounder. Uh, you're, you're, you're not built for a wicketkeeper. I was because I went from I had a long softball history, um, ah. so I played softball right up till oh, it would be about fourth form. Um, so fourteen years old, okay. and then switched to cricket. And uh, so for the first season of cricket, I was quite the batsman because I had my hand-eye coordination was <laughs> quite right. good from softball. But Everything was in front of the, in the V. Yes, but it, I lost that and then went, it was mainly focusing on bowling, um, using that height to get okay. down. But I, cricket was definitely the one sport that I actually played for a team that I never took serious, never wanted to be in a good team, never wanted anything yeah. like that. It was just a bit of fun. I know that feeling. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. Academically, though, um, had you at that stage wanted to go into food preparation? Had you even thought about it as a teenager? No. Uh, so the thought process was being a mechanic or an accountant. Yeah. And, um, it's all to do with preparation, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, quickly learnt at college that being an accountant was not going to be an option. Okay. Um, yeah, as soon as... They bring uh, the alphabet into maths, so it lost me. Um, and, <laughs> Algebra. <laughs> yeah. Being an accountant, uh, oh, being a mechanic, sorry, leaning over a car um, just wasn't an option with my back. And I brought a 1974 Vauxhall Viva as my first car oh. in the hopes of doing it up. And I think I opened the bonnet twice and maybe checked the oil once. Wow. And uh, that was about as far as I ever got tinkering around with it. And I thought, oh, well, that's not going to be an option. That sounds similar to making pies and baking and so on, tinkering and being a mechanic. There's some similarities there. Yeah, there would be similarities. I guess the difference is uh, at the end of the day, you get to eat that pie, um, <laughs> no matter how it turns out. Whereas a car, if you tinker with the wrong things, you, you don't always get to drive it. You just chuck it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So school for you, did you go all the way through, you know, year 11, 12, 13? Uh, did year 11, and I actually passed that. Uh, year 12, I scraped by and just passed that. Yeah. And year 13, I was only going for two subjects. I see. Yes. Well, that's, that's, the old, that's the old seventh form. Yeah. Year, year 13. Yeah, so it was uh, PE, uh, going <laughs> to that, and uh, Gateway. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I remember having some Gateway students over the years working on the radio, and Gateway students were fantastic, really, wanting to know more, and particularly from the likes of Aotea, Mana College, and yeah. so on. Yeah. Yeah, good times, good days. So from then, you were, what, about 17? And Yep. Then you decided, what do I do now? Well, yeah, well, I... When I was 16, I decided to get an actual job selling sandwiches at lunchtime at school, just wasn't quite cutting it, uh, to fund what I wanted to be spending my money on. Yeah. Um, and so I got a job at New World, and the only job they had going at the time was a 6am start on a Saturday at, in the bakery section, uh, bagging up bread and uh-huh. icing muffins. And yep. I thought, oh, well, I'll get to eat the odd drop, drop pie <laughs> or drop muffins, so yeah. I'll take that job. And um, sort of did that for three or four months, never even thought about the fact of becoming a baker as a job. Mm. And then one morning I just came in and the baker that was working there, dancing away to the music, singing along, walked through the door and, good morning, Big Ben, how are you? Happy as anything. Yeah. And I said, turned and said to him, every time I come in, you just seem so happy, you're dancing around, you're smiling, you're happy to see everyone. What is it? And he said, I get to wake up early, make beautiful food, go home, relax for a bit, pick up my kids from school, get to play with them all afternoon, and then do it all again the next day. Plus make people really happy, because one of the happiest parts of going to a supermarket or anywhere is the bakery. Yes, exactly. It's the first smell you really get when you walk into a supermarket. Um, So yeah, that sort of clicked in my head as, oh yeah, that sounds like something I could do. So from age 16 onwards, you were doing that, and was there any sort of gap? I mean, then you... A little bit at Brumbies, you say? Yeah, so it was. Um, in, I, did, I was at New World for almost two years. Um, in seventh form or year 13, whatever you want to call it, uh, I did the Gateway program. Mm. Um, and I said to them, I want to be a baker. Oh, so they actually found you a. Yeah, so they put me in a placement at Brumbies right. in Porirua. Um, and I was doing one day a week there. Um, my dean at the time at college asked my gateway uh, coordinator to get me another day at Gateway because I was turning up to Gateway, but I wasn't turning up to college. <laughs> um, so if you turn up to Gateway, it's a tick for the whole day oh, uh, cool. for school, so okay. it made it look like my attendance was better. Is that place? Is that Brumby still there? The Porirua one is, yes. It is still there? Yeah, it's a different owner now. Okay, that's sort of near roughly where the warehouse is. Yeah, down that tucked area. right next to the warehouse. Mm. Um, if any of your listeners go to uh, or have been to the Fittiraya, um Tech Centre there, um, that's usually where they'll go to get their lunch. Ah, right. Okay. Um, so yeah, did got the placement there and really, really enjoyed it. I was turning up every day, got to the school holidays and I asked if I could come in throughout the school holidays. And so did the whole two weeks just about in there. And this is three o'clock in the morning at seventeen years old. 
Um, so it's not very many people that would be willing to do that, well, even if they were paid. A lot of 17-year-olds be coming home at 3 o'clock. In the yes, day. yes, exactly. So, yeah, I was going in for work experience, so wasn't getting any financial gain for going in. How did you find that? I mean, I know what it's like to you know work overnight and get up early and so on. Obviously, it struck a chord with you somewhere. Yeah, I quite enjoy it. I mean, I'm still not used to it. Um, any day off, I love have, getting a sleep in and waking up at 6am or 7am. Um, but yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I can, I like the fact that there's no people around, so you can have the music up as loud as you want. You can sing along to anything. You, can, you know, There's no people distracting you or anything. Mm. It's just you and whatever you're doing. So go forward a couple of years, all of a sudden, here's a 22-year-old as you were looking to buy a place, looking to buy a business. This is your first business, right? Yes. Yeah. So you were actively looking? Uh, well, yes and no. I was sort of just scouting trade me and you know, walk through, walk past a bakery and see if there was a for sale sign on it, uh, having a look like that, putting it out there to different people that it was an idea. But I was mainly thinking, oh, trip overseas, because uh, I wanted to do a working OE, go around all the Europe um, countries and learn their baking style um mm. which would have been really good but i might not be in the position i'm in now so and all of a sudden there was this business in potopromo beach in mclean street that was old old rick wasn't yes. it rick's bakery yes so if you go if you're standing inside the bakery look out towards the street and up the top you can actually see the rick's bakery sign is still there you can just oh, see it, it. yeah oh. I didn't notice that. Yep, I purposely left it there, so it's the one thing in there that will always remind me where it, where it all started from. He's still around. I still see him occasionally. Yeah. His uh, wife, Melissa, is. you still see her at the markets. Um, oh, right. Every now and then. Yeah. In fact, where you are in McLean Street, almost almost opposite um, Carpety Coast Meets, where Stu is. Yes. Um, there's been a fair bit of history in that particular bakery over the years. I can't remember before Rick's, I think it was called the Red Bike. Uh, Red Delicious. Red Delicious and the Red, yeah, Red Delicious, Red Bike. There was a, a, an older woman who was running that because she used to sell olives there as well. Oh, yes. I remember that. Before that, there was a chap, I can't remember what it was called, but they we often used to go there when I was at Beach FM and CV Road when we were there. That was the place we all went to get our potato top pies. Johnny Douglas introduced me to the most delicious potato top pies at that bakery. And they also had fly cemeteries. You know what they are? No. Oh, haven't you heard of a fly cemetery? It's 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 basically a rectangular it's it's a bit like an apple square, but it's filled of currants, sultanas and, and lots of other fruity things. So it looks like it's full of flies. Oh yes. Like a, like a fly <laughs> fly cemetery. So there's something for you. Um, oh yeah, well, we're always looking at adding new products to the menu. So yeah. now, in the five or six years, basically that you've been running the operation, you've changed things up a wee bit. What do you find are some of the heritage goods that you've got and popular? Uh, the, the funnily enough, I never thought it would be a pie-based bakery. Uh, I, I've come from a bread baking background i'd never made a pie before i brought the bakery and now we are known for pies more so than just about anything else um and we've gone from doing maybe a maybe two or three hundred a week to doing well over a thousand pies a week wow 
Um, so all of our pies would be one of the heritage things, I guess. Uh, I was going to say, what's the popular? Steak and cheese or steak and... We do a steak and mushroom, but we have a... We do, it's more of a gourmet steak and mushroom. Mm. We do a nice creamy garlic mushroom mix. That goes into it. And that would be my favourite pie. Ooh. And you're always developing other bits and pieces, one or two spicy ones. In yep. There. Uh, we've got what I think might actually be... I'd love if there was a competition for it, but... One of the one of, if not the spiciest pies in New Zealand. Uh, it's our steak and cheese pie, but we add jalapenos, sriracha sauce, and chili flakes to the gravy mix, oh. and then top it with uh, chili flakes as well. I'm not sure if my body could handle that, uh, given the lack of gallbladder and other problems and so on. Yeah, well, originally I started making it for myself, and we got people saying uh, that it wasn't hot enough, so. We kept adding <laughs> spice to it and kept adding spice every time someone said it wasn't hot enough. And last year and a bit, we haven't had anyone tell us it's not hot enough. It's funny you say that because when I went into Rick's Bakery just before you had it, um, he was making steak and olive pies for me. Oh, yes. You know, no one else on earth would want that. Strangely enough, Stu the Butcher was quite keen on those steak and olive pies. It was his meat and... Um, he seemed to like them. I think they were, he only made two a day, so that was that worked well. <laughs> so pies are a, a big thing, and I mean, you do source your meat. You still get your meat from Stew? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. So we try and source everything as local as possible, and especially when you've got a butcher on the same road as yourself, there's mm. no reason really to go anywhere else. Yeah, bread also is something you know that's that's heritage and, and very big, and your specialty breads. Yes. Delicious, yeah. Yep, so the ciabatta, um, we've recently in the last couple of years changed our sourdough recipe, so we've gone from selling a couple of those a week to you know selling oh, about 20 or 30 of them in the shop at, at minimum and uh, another 30 to 60 wholesale a week minimum, so mm. that's definitely paid off. Yeah. And all sorts of other sort of fancy breads and specialty breads for times of year as well, like Easter, you know, hot cross buns and things like that. Yeah, well, so this year was a bit of a strange one. Um, yeah, funny that. We did a small amount, I think it was the least amount of hot cross buns I've made since I've been baking um, without, with not having that Easter period. Mm. So that was an interesting time. Croissants as well, something relatively new? Croissants, uh, yeah, so that was um, an interesting one. A lot of people would have would remember Rudy from Lamore and Cage down in Raumati. Um So when he was at the Paraparo Umu Beach Markets, um, I got to know him there, and he was doing a lot of his baking from home. And I said to him, oh, I know you have to roll out some of those. Do you want to use my pastry bake in the bakery? Mm. And... So we ended up doing a deal where I'd get free macarons, and oh. I was supposed to put them in the shop, but they ended up in the belly most of the time, I see. Uh, and he would get access to the bakery to do his thing. Oh, cool. Um, and then and one of his friends came over from France and said, oh, I really like what you've been doing for Rudy. Do you want me to teach you how to make our croissant, though? So it's a traditional French croissant, though, and... Um, that's just taken off immensely. Right, gone right. from not ever selling croissants to doing two or three hundred on a weekend. Wow, uh, about twenty or thirty per day every day. And a few sweet treats as well. Yep, 
all our cakes and slices in the cabinet and mm. constantly trying to upgrade them to make them as nice as possible. You've got a pretty large working area out the back, you know, comparatively to what you see in the shop. You think, oh, it's a small shop. you actually got quite a large area, haven't you? Yes. Well, yes and no. <laughs> Some days it definitely feels quite small. Um yeah, it's quite handy to have the space to be able to put things. Uh, you fill it up quite fast, especially on the weekends. Mm. Now, you're there some days, you're there midnight, 1 a.m.? Yep, so on average during the week, starting at about 1 or 2 a.m. Um, and then Friday, for the Friday, because that's quite a large day, doing a lot of prep for the weekend and a lot of orders for wholesale. Mm. Uh, it's usually about a midnight start. And then for the Saturday throughout the summertime, because we've got the market on, it's about a 10 p.m. start on the Friday night. Wow. Yep. And we're now seven days a week as well, so. <laughs> How does that affect your life, your social life? Uh, when we first did seven days a week, I didn't have another baker with me. Um, so, and then I was trying to train some up, and yeah. it took about three months before I got to the point where I could start having Sundays off again so for three months there there was no such thing as a social life. <laughs> People come and go you've got to have a supportive family a supportive partner. Yes my partner was very supportive and continues to stay very supportive uh, our life is very controlled by the bakery <laughs> um, but would have it no other way. And as you know we've said nearly six years no regrets? Um nah <laughs> <laughs> nah oh, I mean it's yeah it stops me from doing a lot but at the end of the day, I think I'll do the do the lot that I miss out on and then sort of be wondering, oh, what can I do now? And I'd always regret the decision to not have tried it on my own. You do supply other shops around the community as well, don't you? You know, if they're eating hamburgers, for example, over the road, they might be eating out of your buns. Yes, there's, there's a very good chance. Um, uh, we supply about nine places at the moment. Um and as you say, a bit of wholesale as well, you know, here and there, and uh, one or two others, and deliveries. and huh. Yeah, yeah. So most, just about every day we've got someone else we're delivering to. Um, a lot of the places like their bread nice and fresh. Um, so it's everyday delivery for mm. a few of the cafes and restaurants around the place. Finally, what does the future hold for you? Um, well, actually, I had finally got some time off uh, over Labor Weekend have a way so it gave me a bit of time to think relax and think about what i want yeah and so we're just focusing on building the bakery where it is at the moment mm -hmm. um i want it so i've got a bit of time off but more time off and then i have a feeling i'm going to get a bit bored of that and hopefully open up a second bakery and I'd love to go back to Porirua and open up a bakery there ah, okay but don't fear we will always be in Kapiti and Right. That's good to know. Were you always sort of looking at the TV and going, I want to be the next Jamie Oliver, or I want to be the next Nadia Lim, or someone like that, or is that not quite... You didn't really have a mentor? Um, oh, I had a bit of a mentor, um, as far as, you know, a person to look up to. Um, it was Gordon who trained me at Brumbies. Not Gordon Ramsay. No, no. <laughs> uh, but no, I never really looked at any of the TV personalities or the big famous ones and thought I wanted to be anything like them. I yeah. sort of just wanted to make good food and I was sick of going places that 
I looked at something and thought, oh, this would be nicer if you just added a bit more of this to it. So everything we get, everything you buy at Ben's Buns is exactly how I'd eat it myself. I'll mm. make it for myself, and that's I think a bit of bit of a key to how we've lasted six years in the business. I know that as well. I enjoy going to see you, and I enjoy the fact you're seven days a week too. And you know, long may it continue. Yeah, well, we've had a pretty positive response to being open seven days a week, and Sundays are really kicking off now. So, yeah, and obviously got through COVID. Um, yeah, that was a big worry uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. Very stressful time, but um, yeah, as soon as level two sort of, as soon as we got to level two, it really it was almost like nothing ever happened, or it was even a little bit busier. To be fair, mm. um, so it was. Almost a good thing, and a lot of the small businesses I talk to almost say, oh, if we had another small lockdown, <laughs> it would be good in a way because yeah. it would get people coming back out in droves again. Congratulations on what you've done for someone so young, and you know I hope it continues for you. Long uh, may it continue. Thank you. So do I. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't be possible without the overwhelming support from the Carpety locals and without my amazing team that I've got working for me at the moment. Good. Keep, keep me in line and keep me sane. <laughs> saying all the right things. That's good. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Ben. <laughs> good to talk. Cheers, Todd. Ben Playford, Benjamin Harry Playford. You find him on Facebook. You've got a Facebook page as well, Ben's Buns. Yes, Ben's Buns NZ. Yeah, yep, so look for that. Ben's Buns in McLean Street, Potoporamu Beach, our topic of conversation this week here at Coast Access Radio and also Radio Kidnappers in the Hawke's Bay. I'm Todd Zayner. You've been listening to Conversations on Coast Access Radio, a program where we talk with people about their lives, their passions, their interests. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.